0: The funny thing is if when you when you deal when you have people that bash you when you have trolls like that, you have to really feel they must be in a really bad place the mm-hmm. way I look at it because if they're going to take so much time out of their day to bash you or talk bad about you, uh, if they spent that much energy on their own business, their own life, they could actually probably accomplish something
1: amen <laughs> amen Welcome to the positive productivity podcast episode six forty three Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Wow! Okay, today is a landmark day in Positive Productivity Podcast Day. I almost forgot the name of my podcast because I am so blown away by this being our first ever video episode. Now, for those of you who are listening to Apple Podcasts, I invite you to go to the show notes at TheKimSutton.com forward slash PP643 and go over to YouTube. My channel could use some love. But that's where you can see this whole episode between me and today's guest, my amazing friend, Scott Carson. Scott, I'm so happy to have you here.
0: I'm excited to be here. Uh, Just absolutely jacked up. Love what you're doing. Huge fan and honored to uh, to be on your podcast with you today, Kim, and to be your first video one of all people. Yes.
1: I was going to tell you in our pre-chat, but I didn't. Like, I, you saw me checking for toothpaste on my mouth. <laughs> I fear the day that Zoom or Skype can send smells through the airwaves because I, okay, I shouldn't even be admitting this, but you know, I'm very transparent. I had to go pee right before we hopped on. I was like, if I don't go now, it's going to be four hours before I have another chance. And then I was sitting there, I was like, oh, I have coffee breath and hummus breath. And I'm like, I don't want to do that to Scott. Like that was what came into my mind. Even though you wouldn't be able to smell it, I'm like, okay, I have to brush my teeth for my own sanity. And now that we're video, it just makes it so much real. Like I would seriously have been sitting here the whole time worried that you would smell my coffee hummus breath. And I don't even want to know what that would have smelled like. listeners this is what you get when you get two podcasting friends right. on a call together i have no idea where this is gonna go this certain- is
0: podcast sponsored by Crest colgate <laughs> uh, mouthwash
1: yes. <laughs> yes actually i'm accepting submissions for teeth whitening toothpaste go. now that this is gonna be live <laughs> Yeah. Scott, would you introduce yourself to our listeners, especially I would the ones who don't to.
0: know you? I'd be glad to. i am kind of known across the country as the note guy. Uh, I For the last 15 plus years, I've been a real estate investor focused on the niche of distressed debt investing, buying and selling mortgages and working to keep people in their house. As we say, uh, we're making America great again, one mortgage at a time and, and working to rehab borrowers versus like the fix and flip model. So done that. In, in that time, I've been a I really kind of owned my niche or grown, uh, you know, my niche in the media side of real estate because we do such a great job with marketing. We've been done videos for plus 10 years, been doing webinars, golly, going back 12 plus years almost every Monday night. We call it Note Night in America out to our audience and uh, uh love what we do. But for the last three years, we started and launched the Note Closer Show podcast, and uh, we're, we're just stoked at how that has revolutionized kind of our business and really helped us dominate. Uh, our niche in the real estate uh, investing industry. And, uh, you know, we're syndicated in 17 AMF radio stations across the country, half a million downloads um, in our our three years and just uh, absolutely blown away by how this platform has uh, changed how we focus on our business, what we do on a daily basis or a weekly and and monthly basis. And, uh, you know, we love marketing. Uh, I think that's the, the big thing, I think, with everybody out there. Uh, no matter what you're doing, whatever niche you're in, um, that's great. But we're all in the media business and you've all you've gotta be marketing on a constantly basis. So in the words of uh you know, Glenn Barry Glenn Ross, uh always be closing, always be marketing.
1: <laughs> I, this is so not right. When you said Glenn Ross, all you could think was Bob Ross. And happy little trees. I know that's not who you're talking about. But I did pick up on something while you were introducing yourself. You said groaned while you groaned your business. And I was thinking, that's an appropriate word. I've been groaned. I've groaned like, oh, my business.
0: (laughs) I've been known to say that. Sometimes I'll make up my own words to fit the objective of what I'm looking for. So, yes, I've groaned uh my business quite a bit. Um there's only like three or four people that teach what I do across the country in my little niche of real estate investing. Um and so but we well, I didn't mean
1: to pick on your grammar. I oh, just no, find not, it so appropriate it. because I have groaned quite a few times at my business. And yes, I don't mean not. growing wise. It's just like are you serious? This is happening again? Like uh, I've I'm learning to swap that out. But yeah now i'm hearing groaned in bob ross happy little t- i'm really in though i'm learning how to paint happy little trees in my business my white afro
0: on in my palette
1: uh-huh yeah so what prompted you to start your podcast
0: so it's a funny story but i can remember it very vividly um i was anti-podcast actually for a while because i was busy you know we're all busy and i'm like oh i can't add anything new to my thing and uh, I was under the uh, preconceived notion that it was going to take a lot of time to edit, you know, because that's all I was hearing from other podcasters that it would take, you know, f- for every hour, it'd take like two to three hours to edit. And I'm like, I don't have time to edit it. I don't want to do that. Um, and I was doing video anyway. So like I started November 1st. Here's the specific numbers. November 1st, 2016 was a Monday. If I remember correctly, i just come back from Vegas for a big event out there. heard Kevin Harrington, one of the original Shark Tank guys out there that sells everything these days. Um, talk about how important video was. I'm like, oh, I'm already doing video. Facebook Live had come out. I was seeing Gary Vaynerchuk kind of start doing his daily V stuff. I was like, okay, let's do something for our audience because we had a pretty good tribe that we'd built uh, with our students and classes and workshops. And so I said, well, we'll just start doing, a, you know, a day in the life of the office or what's going on today at yeah, we closed notes. So we started doing short videos, eight minutes to 15-minute long, little nuggets, you know, what's your, what are you, what's your focus, what should you focus on, and we started doing those. We cranked out 150 of those episodes. And along the way, I met a buddy of mine, Tom Hazard, uh, who uh, has a company called Poditize. They're a hosting and, and podcast editing company. absolutely love the guy. Him and his wife, uh, Tracy, just do an amazing job. They're great entrepreneurs as well. She's an ink speaker and, and become good friends. But we met another event um, that a mutual friend of ours was putting on that we were both speaking at. And he's like, hey, you know, I asked him what he did. He told me podcast production. I was like, oh, that's awesome. He goes, you have one? I was like, no, no, no. But I guess he'd already searched me out because he was seeing me all speak. He goes, man, you do a lot of video. It would be really easy for you to add a podcast. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not interested. It's not a lot of work. He's like, okay, man. Well, keep in mind. Well, fast forward a couple months. I'm going on another event with a buddy of mine who is has a podcast, two friends that had a podcast in the industry, one of the few ones, and they were killing it, and they decided to stop it. They just literally decided to stop it. And I really, made, I was like, Oh, that's their thing. You know what I mean? I don't want to come across and be like a copycat or that's their thing. Well, when they told me that when they were going to stop doing that, I was like, Hmm, we might need to onto something here. And so, uh, I was like, okay, let's look. When I heard that I got home, showed up to the event six months later again, that our mutual friend was at and saw Tom and Tracy. I said, okay, I'm ready to do that. And so we just, you know, we filmed 150 Facebook lives and on August 20th of 2018 uh, or 2017, we launched um, the podcast version of the NutClosure show. And so we do, you know, we, we cranked out, we just, set, we just uh, uploaded episode 550 uh, in roughly three years. We crank out three to five episodes a week. Uh, it's a mixture of interviews of me talking with investors or vendors in our industry or other business and entrepreneurial mindset. You know, um, on different systems. We, I was honored to have you on talking about systems and, and funnels a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, it's 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 turned into a really great thing. And then the other half of the thing is me teaching on something in the note business. So, um, But it's absolutely blown me away that we get so many people reaching in or reaching out to us and say, hey, I listened to your show and I've been following you for three to six months. Um, we do a video aspect of it like we're doing now. And so we throw those videos up on YouTube. To kind of widen our net that way, because I'm a little bit of an older uh, listener base or avatar—you know, 35 to 65, college-educated homeowners that, that make 75 to 250 a year—they're not always listening to podcasts. So we have a—we've uh, doubled our listener base by having the videos on YouTube, besides just the, the normal downloads through iTunes and Spotify and of the ones.
1: I love this whole conversation. I mean, from so many standpoints. So I launched my podcast October. 4th 2016 scott i had no idea what the positive productivity podcast was about Uh, at all and then i got the crazy idea to go daily yeah (laughs) i'm still kicking (laughs) myself in the butt for that one and then october 2018 i backed it out to two day or two days a week and then just as of the day of this recording it's now two weeks into one day a week, but that has opened up my ability to go live on Facebook, to go live on YouTube. Holy moly, that was scary. I didn't know what to expect. I don't know why I expected going live on YouTube to be different than going live on Facebook, but I remember going live on Periscope. Is Periscope it even still around?
0: It is actually. Really? I, I still uh, will do, we use Restream sometimes to rebroadcast some more okay. videos. And we, it's you can still go live on uh, Periscope via Twitter, yeah.
1: So I can't believe I'm admitting this publicly, but I guess I admit a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, on Facebook this morning, I shared how just before I recorded another podcast, I could hear my five-year-old on the other side of the house announcing that he had pooped <laughs> in the potty, but, you know, so hey. along with sharing. But anyway, um, I remember my last Periscope experience mm-hmm. because somebody came on and was commenting about my eyebrows. Okay. And I don't know why, but that really freaked me out. Like I couldn't, Uh, I couldn't handy, handy. I couldn't handle the hate towards my eyebrows, which is such a funny thing to think about now. I mean, that, now that had to have been 2016, 2017, if I had only known what was still coming for me, you know, I would have been like, just keep on going. Eyebrows are nothing. But you and I have discussed a little bit of this. I mean, I had death threats in 2019. If I had known that eyebrows were like the tiniest little thing out of anything, then I, yeah. So I don't well, share kids' names anymore, except for.
0: Well, the funny thing is, if when you, when you deal, when you have people that bash you, when you have trolls like that you have to really feel they must be in a really bad place the Mm -hmm. way I look at it. Because if they're going to take so much time out of their day to bash you or talk bad about you, uh, if they spent that much energy on their own business, their own life, they could actually probably accomplish something.
1: Amen. (laughs) Amen. And that's been a huge learning experience for me for 2019. People who need to shame others or need to lie about their own successes are dealing with their own insecurities.
0: Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. You know, um, we see that in our niche quite a bit. We've had a few trolls come on and bash and I I just kind of laugh as like, well, I guess we're doing something right. If we got enough, we've built enough of a tribe to have a a portion that disliked us what we do. That's fine. You know? Um, and I think everybody's gonna getting, I think it's one of the biggest things about marketing that people struggle with Kim is especially when they do their first email blast or their first Facebook post or their first live video, we could have hundreds of people that are watching it or reading it or opening it and excited about it. But it's that one person that says something negative uh, about it that we focus on versus focusing on the good. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of years ago when the whole 50 shades of gray books were were coming out in the first round of, you remember the first movie that came out?
1: I've watched it more than a few times.
0: There you go. (laughs) Uh, I hadn't watched it yet, but I did a series. I did a marketing video called the 50, 50 shades of notes. And in the email I sent out talking about it was the webinars for money to Monday night on a Monday night webinar, I said, "Do you feel like your borrowers are heavy heavy ball gagged? Do you feel like you need to be spanked? Do you feel like you're tied up when it comes to getting things done?" (laughs) So that was you know kind of funny email, right? It's
1: hilarious.
0: It's totally hilarious. Well, I sent that out and I had three people respond back. They said, "Oh, you're horrible. You're not a Christian. I don't want to do business with you." I'm like, "Why don't you just hit the unsubscribe button?" But the funny thing. Uh, Is they, when they responded, their whole like mailing address was at the bottom of the email. So I went to Amazon and I ordered all three versions of the book to be shipped directly to their house.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's hilarious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I've used, I mean, it's the thing is, I've used some other things like um, I was in Vegas at an event. I don't remember, was it Caesars? I think, uh, uh, I don't remember what the show was, but they had a thing called They're Looking to Get More Ass. You know, ASS, assist, strategize, and support. And I was like, that's brilliant. So I was like, get more ass on Monday night. <laughs> you know, assist, strategize, support, same thing, hate mail. Um, or But then I get plenty of people that come back in and say, oh, my God, that's hilarious. At least we, your emails are entertaining when you send out. And you, you got to be yourself versus trying to be somebody else. But it's, uh, uh, I'm, you know, if I rub somebody the wrong way, hey, not everybody's my client, not everybody's my ideal listener, and that's okay. Um, but I'm gonna make you laugh.
1: Mm -hmm. I sent out an email last year about how, I mean, and you, you've heard enough of my story already to know, and listeners go back and, you know, listen to the first 600 and something episodes, (laughs) you know, it'll keep you entertained for a year, hopefully. Um, but I was joking about how, if I had just started a manure farm, all the shit that had happened in my business, I should have probably put it, I'll put a disclaimer before this episode, but I, I would be rich off of black gold and I actually said shit in the email and somebody wrote back, um, you need to fire your copywriter. This is so unprofessional. And I wrote back and I was like, oh, well I write all my own emails and most of the feedback I or you're the only bad feedback I've gotten from this episode. You are welcome to unsubscribe. Oh wait, but you know what, I'll actually just do it for you. Yeah. And I did. And Scott, about sending emails for years. I became an Infusionsoft certified partner in 2014. I'm no longer one because there's so many awesome systems out there. I don't want to be pinned to one. I want to be able to talk about all of them freely. But I started using Infusionsoft back then and I still use it in my business. This is not a plug for Infusionsoft or Keep or whatever they're calling themselves these days. Low now. (laughs) Yeah, right? So um, I was afraid to send emails because I didn't want to get the unsubscribes. I was afraid to send emails because I didn't think people would like what I had to say. Now, I send emails three, four, five days a week. I get unsubscribes twenty, thirty, fifty every single email. That's not as big as it could be, but I'm happy with that. Right. And I cheer them. I cheer them because I'm hitting my overages right now. I'm like, yes, more unsubscribes that I don't have to pay for because you're not going to buy anything anyway.
0: Well, that's the thing. Is it's. You know, and you said something earlier uh, a few minutes ago that you're sending out like emails and doing stuff on a a daily Mm -hmm. basis and I get your stuff. I love it. But it's proven, scientifically proven by the American Marketing Association that the lowest unsubscribe rate comes from people that send out emails on a daily basis, which Mm -hmm. would surprise me. You know what I mean? Now, the big key is that you're providing some content. You're you're, you're colorful. You know, you're unique. um, You've always got great stuff on there. That's a big thing. And I, and I, you know, one of the big things that you look at too is that 80% of sales comes after the fifth contact. I talked to so many people that want to be marketers or want to do something that they're scared to send an email out once a month. And I'm like, once a month, if you look at your the law of averages, it's going to take you till half the year before you really get any meaningful uh, communication, contacts, signups, whatever you're, you're looking for. Uh, you know, I think people should be sending an email at least a minimum of once a week at the bare minimum.
1: At the bare minimum, because I mean, you have a busy life. I have a busy life. If they don't email me a couple times that first week, then I've already forgotten who they are. And I'm unsubscribing because I do not need another email in my inbox. I'm not proud to say that lately it's been a priority of mine to keep my inbox under 50, because if it goes to the second or third page, out of sight, out of mind. And yeah, just keep, keep your stuff in my inbox. If you want me to be interested. Yes.
0: Well, that's the thing is you just got to touch base. People don't always, uh, are busy 10 minutes after they read it. They're thinking something else. So you've got to remind them on a regular basis. Hey, we got something coming up. Hey, don't forget to sign up. Hey, last chance. You know? Um, and I think so many people expect when they hit the send button that their inbox is just going to get flooded with people sign up and it's not always the case. It's kind of like watching pain dry. Sometimes you've mm-hmm. got to, You know, paint a wall. Go around, paint another wall. Come back to that wall before you put a second coat on it, and give people the opportunity to plug in to check their schedule and remind them. Yeah, because we're so inundated with so many different things with our computers, our lap, you know, our tablets, our the the TV, the radio, our smartphones. That you really kind of have to do a full court press on people and make sure you're posting your stuff to different platforms so they actually see you and uh, get a reminder. Because a lot of times, if they you post it once, people most people won't see it. And if you've only got, I mean, on average, what is it, about a 17 to 18% open rate for emails? Yep. So you got 80% of your audience that didn't even see it. So you've got to make sure and hit them and repeat and, and fall back up again and again.
1: I think you just cursed my phone because it's been quiet all morning. I have most notifications off, and then you pick up the phone, and it goes off. Um, what has been even more, like... Obvious to me through the mm-hmm. past year, and and I'm not going to get into the details. But in needing to get visible to grow my own business and stop growing my clients' businesses, I realized that an occasional blog article is not going to do it by itself. And it, even a, uh, even when I was doing the daily podcast episodes, those aren't going to do it by themselves. My YouTube videos are not going to do it by themselves. Instagram's not going to do it by themselves, and. Like you were just saying, 80% of the people on my list do not see the email, but another 97% don't see the Facebook post and how many don't see my Instagram posts. So I've been, I don't, can I just share my podcast strategy with you? Of course,
0: please do. I'd love to hear about this. I'm sure everybody else would too.
1: So I've been um, taking the podcast and this is from. A mutual friend, Adam Shibley, inspired part of this, but um, I've been taking the podcast episode, taking a little clip out of it, and making a headliner like preview, which I've been posting to IGTV. Because on IGTV, if I still put it into my feed, I get more views. If I only if I hide it within the IGTV cha- um, platform, it doesn't get that many views. So I've been letting it go on my on my feed, which is painful, Scott, because I have. Instagram OCD, and I like my profile to look a certain way. <laughs> but I revised, and then um, I mean, this will be the first art, uh, the first episode to resume the YouTube posting. But then the biggest thing was just starting to share across all so- social media again into my list because I realized what's the point? And I mean, episode six hundred and forty-three we have now. I, I resumed this maybe twenty episodes ago, but what's the point in? putting out a podcast episode if I'm not going to share it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I was allowing myself to be too busy. I was busy being busy instead of actually doing what would actually take my podcast up. I mean, it's one thing to say that you have 643 episodes. It's another thing to say that you have 643 episodes with millions of downloads, which I do not have because I was not adequately promoting my own show, which considering all the money that I've put into production, ugh, like that's gross. That's the only way I can say it.
0: Yeah. That's a nugget. And you don't want to hear that every time you're producing something without promoting it out there to get in there. You know?
1: Yeah. No. And I absolutely wasn't. I have this awesome flow set up in Infusionsoft where I'm supposed to be able to just tag my guests when their episode is scheduled and ready to go. Maybe two people in a year got that. So they had their graphics and their link ahead of time. Hello, Kim. You like just sacrificed everybody that could have been promoting it. So it doesn't oh. need to be harder. You just need to work smarter.
0: But then you also have the opportunity to get back and do a throwback episode too. That's the thing that I have found that has helped, especially when I've gotten a little bit of a lull in some things. Because I think we go through ups and you know uh, ups and downs of productivity. Uh, I know I do, um, and so I will take some time, lull time, especially when I think uh, I'm not feeling like promoting. I'll do throwback episodes. Hashtag you know throwback Thursdays or throwback Tuesdays or if i did if i check out and see that somebody i guess that, that didn't promote it i'll resend it to them and say hey just a reminder uh, and that often leads to them resharing it or re-promoting it and things like that so uh, i think it's the same thing i mean we we send you know stuff out to our guests all the time hey here's your show here's your links here's all this stuff So please share it and if sometimes they won't do it and then we'll go on there into their wall on facebook or other things and go ahead and share it anyway and tag them in it and that leads to like oh yeah let me go ahead and retweet that or reshare that as well <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I was guilty. I did get it out on Twitter the day that my episode on your show went live. And then I got into a client call, but it is now in my social bee. Is that the tool I use? Whatever tool I use that does repurposing or recycling. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, yeah. Recycling of the content. And that's another thing that I realized. Why are we not recycling our content? I we are not political commentaries here or providing political commentary that has a date stamp and in a week it's not going to be relevant stuff that we're talking about is still going to be relevant a year from now
0: that's
1: correct i mean some laws will change where as far as you're concerned i'm sure but the the knowledge is still there hey there my friend i hope you're enjoying this episode of the positive productivity podcast I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at worksmarternotharderchallenge dot com. So I want to jump over to the other side of what you're doing right now because you are multi-passionate like me. How do you contain yourself? When do you sleep? And why don't you share what else you're working on?
0: So uh, I sleep usually. I go to bed about one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning most times. And I'll wake up at seven, eight. I'm in the office by nine and I'm working on things from there on. I mean, I I may take a half day and go to the movies in the afternoons as too. just, you know, very besides my, you know, note investing business that we have, uh, we're working on something kind of cool now called the mass media podcast, Summit, which is what I'm assuming you want me to talk about a little bit. Right. Um, it's a, uh, we're doing an online three day virtual summit of podcasters. Yours truly. Kim is a, a keynote on there speaking. Uh, and we've got roughly about 22, uh, Podcasters coming on that are going to talk about their specific niche, what they're good at, what they've used. So we've got people talking funnels to uh, lead gen, to um, using Instagram more uh, effectively, to using YouTube, to using and leveraging media outlets. Um, We've got just a great group. We've got Hall of Fame podcaster Dave Jackson coming on. Um, We've got people coming to talk about how to production stuff, how to pivot your podcast. We've just got a, a great lineup of people. Uh, and we kick things off uh, with that next Friday, uh, Friday through Sunday from 9 to basically 7 p.m. each day. Uh, it's a packed three couple of days. And, and to add more to it, I love working with other podcasters and hearing their passion about the show. So we added a special half day thing on Thursday. We call it a Petcha Pod Pitch. <laughs> say, that Wait, say that again Petcha Pod Pitch.
1: Petcha Pod Pitch?
0: Uh huh. So. I was honored a couple of years ago to speak at PodFest in Orlando and they have a half day thing called a Pecha Kucha where they bring on people and they got, you know, 10 slides and 10 seconds a slide or 20 seconds a slide. So you have like three to five minutes. It's like a mini Ted talk. Okay. I love that. And then you and I are both new media summit icons to a Steve Ulster and that two minute pitch to get on people's podcasts is great. But I thought we'd do it a little bit, do, a little bit more. So we kind of combine the two together. So we're giving people 10 to 15 minute slots to come on and we're doing like one right after another, um, from 12 to basically 1230 to seven o'clock at night, next Thursday night, where we've got uh, over 30 podcasters coming on to pitch their podcast and tell us about their podcast. So, you know, I, I'm sure you see on Twitter or Facebook people posting, Hey, here's a link to my podcast. Here's what it's a little bit about. I love that, but this is the, I'd rather hear about it versus just read about it or somebody just sharing a link. So we're really excited. Um, spots just filled up really quickly. And we've only got a few left available, but having people come on, share their podcasts. We've got seasoned podcasters, and we've also got brand new there in their first couple episodes. They come we're going to live stream it. We're going to do it um, via video too, so they and record it, so they they can take those ten to fifteen minute slots and go out there and use it themselves to promote. So we're, we're pretty stoked about that. So, um, so I'm know.
1: speaking at Podfest this year.
0: Awesome, and you yes. You she pods as well too which is and great. i spoke
1: at she podcast in october 2019 and i kept on seeing the messages. um messages Pecha-cucha. Pecha, but i thought it was pokemon
0: <laughs> well i didn't know what the hell it was when i first spoke there three years ago what a Pecha kucha was and i spoke on something i don't remember what my my event was but then i spoke last year on how we we've we streamlined our podcast stuff but yeah, I mean it's a it's an it's a it's basically they'll have a hundred people. It's a really cool thing of hearing people talk about their show or talking about what drives them um, or topic or two there. And I just think it's a, a phenomenal thing, and I love what Chris Kremosis is doing with with uh, Podfest about that. Um, but it's, it's just like, well, let's do an online version. I mean, we got people joining us from New Zealand, mm-hmm. England, India. They're going to be on uh, the Pecha Pod Pitch, and if you want to watch it, you can go to Petchapodpitch.com. Uh, will that be
1: available for tickets after because it occurred to me like okay this is going out after but I want to make sure that listeners whether it be this year's event or if you do it again next year which I hope you do you know whatever they're listening that they can still go and
0: so here's what they can do Uh, they can go to massmediasummit.live that's the website what we're going to do is once we do the whole thing we'll upload videos to youtube check it out there and of course blast those out but I'm gonna go back to the website and put links in to all the speakers all the spots so they click on the spot they can literally watch that 10 minute session or they can watch the 15 minute session or your hour and 15 minutes session at a later date too
1: awesome okay yeah listeners I don't want you to think that just because the event has already passed that you're going to be left out because that is the amazingness of online entrepreneurship and evergreen content that we can share over and over again. I I know you saw my feed last night where I shared that I have started a diary of mompreneur on YouTube. You also know that I have chronic idea disorder. So sometimes it's hard to contain myself, but this was one that's been sitting in my brain forever. And I actually own a domain that I've never done anything with. It was like mompreneur memoirs or something. I still never plan on doing anything with it. I didn't want to get attached though, Scott, to the title of mompreneur because I look forward to the day when all my children are out of the house <laughs> <I'm sure you laughs> and my business will still hopefully be around at that point. So I didn't want to attach myself there, but I know there's inspiration here and now and that by not sharing it, I would be doing myself. That's what I said in that video too, doing other people a disservice by not sharing. But what what is the biggest blessing that has come out of your time in your business?
0: <clears throat> it took some time to get there, but I, I'm going to say this: the, uh, the the fact that I'm unhirable, <laughs> I, I'm unemployable in a way that you know I love what we do f- uh, with our time and freedom more than anything else. I think that's that's the beautiful thing that's come from our business is being able to be my own boss. That doesn't mean I'm not working more than 40 hours a week. I am. I'm probably working closer to 60. I don't have any kids, not that I know of, anyway. Uh, Steph and I have the four-legged kind. As we joke Uh around, we're not married. We're happy, Uh (laughs) and Uh so we do a lot of fun things, travel. Um, If we want to go to an event, we'll go to an event. Um, And so the beauty of being online, um Uh, being online allows me to be able to do this from anywhere. Whether here in Austin or I'm in the middle of the Atlantic ocean on a cruise or I'm in Spain on vacation and stuff like that. It, that's the thing that I love the most is the fact that I can do this from anywhere.
1: Yeah. Your have- travel diaries are like enviable. That's the only thing I can say about that. Someday I'm going to shove a couple of my twins in your suitcase and let you take them with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: well, that's the thing. Um, yeah, you know, we, we work hard but we also play hard mm-hmm. and so that's the thing we, we do some now it doesn't mean I'm not working while I'm traveling it doesn't mean I mean we do a pretty good job but we're very frugal when it comes to what we what we spend on stuff I mean with you know we use a lot of our hotels.com free nights for those travels we've also got miles and miles of air miles that we use for travel uh Steph is a very big fan of the Ratland, you know Disney uh and so. so we get discounts to, on DVC programs and cruises and stuff like that too. So we're very frugal about, uh, you know, what we spend and where we travel we're always looking for deals, but we do, we like to pack it in. And so. Um, I
1: didn't know that about DVC and Stephanie.
0: Oh, oh, are you a, are you a Ratland fan too?
1: It is my dream this year to get my family there.
0: Okay. I, so you need to reach please, out to
1: Stephanie. Yes. We got to connect about that, but so here's where I'm at. I've got a junior this year and the kindergarten next year. He'll be a senior and I'll have two more kindergartners. So I know that if it doesn't happen in this next year, the likelihood of getting all my kids to Disney in one trip or in your words, Ratland, is going to be, the chances aren't going to be as great. I have I- to do it this year. Yeah. And that is, I don't care what you say, Ratland or not. Like, it can make a grown person still feel like a kid.
0: It totally, totally can. I'm just a little J We've been there so many times, you know, and uh, I think it's great. I mean, we've had, we've taken some friends and families there along with us at at different times and and done that. Um, You know, I just, you know, I don't think Epcot is the way to see the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to argue. So I have not been there since 1996. Okay. And I know it's just like Vegas, which I have not been to since 1993. Uh-huh. It's time. My husband doesn't yeah. gamble, but that doesn't mean we can't go to Vegas and enjoy. And I don't drink anymore. I gave up drinking at the end of 2019. I must have been crazy, but I gave it up. So, you know, we're going to go to Vegas and see it from a whole nother perspective. Sp- sp- yeah. perspective. No drinking, no gambling, and
0: well, I don't have a great time much. still. You know, I've cut down on our drink. Am I drinking from the time mm-hmm. that I used? To, I mean, I used to spend almost every October for like five years straight. I almost spend the entire month of October in Vegas for back to back to back conferences. So I would just stay in a suite there for the entire month. My livers and kidneys would beg me to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I've cut down. But that's the, I still love Vegas. We go for the shows. We go to have the entertainment. We will go for concerts um, and the sites and we'll do some shopping. We're there, but we go to have fun. Um, uh, we've, I've seen Motley Crue, Depeche Mode there a couple times, uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, you know, we've seen s- some pretty good bands play out, th- out there. And that's one of the things we do. We like going to the Vegas, going to Vegas for that staying for a couple of days. There's also conferences that happen out there in, in the real estate side of things. So we'll go out there and try to make a, a, a couple days of it, stay an extra day in the front end or the backside. side and enjoy yourselves. <clears throat> but that's the, that's the thing is just, uh, if you do anything and, and anybody listen to this, if you've got an event that you want to go to put it on the calendar, I mean, we're already booking. Uh, we we booked something last year for this year and we're working to make it happen. And if you wait around, wait around, wait around for it, it's never, we're always gonna get things pushed out cause something's always going to come up. So make it a priority, Kim, you know, uh, look at what's happening in May when your son, uh, when school's out, mm-hmm. it might be a good time to go or sometime in the, the summer, you know, before it gets too damn hot and humid down there.
1: Yeah, it won't be hard to get the oldest one out of Ohio. He he isn't being allowed to take driver's ed until he gets his grades up and he won't get a job until he goes to driver's ed and gets his license. And until that happens, it's all on me so I can take him and have him endure Disneyland. Yeah. So yeah, I'll plan it into my schedule and make it work. And the same goes for anything in our business. If we want to make it happen, we really have to write it in. I was so lax on all my goals forever. When a big opportunity came in from a client, I could easily just shove off my goals and let them go, which is why my courses are only finally just now being produced. I mean, I had been talking about two of my courses one of my courses for a year, year and a half before I even ran the beta. And that, that shouldn't be the case. Yes, I have five kids, but that's just an excuse.
0: Well, and that's the thing I think we put a a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we put our, our, our stuff on the back burner. And it's just not just our own courses or things, especially with you being a service provider for other podcasts and other entrepreneurs, we get so busy wanting to help our clients. We forget to sometimes help ourselves. I've got some great friends here in town. They run, uh, run a social media marketing company and promotion company for years. Well, they never promoted themselves. They were always promoting other people. Well, when uh, a client would leave or stop working with them, they were always struggling to get new clients. And I'm like, listen, you've got to make sure and promote your own stuff on a regular basis. Build that own pipeline so you can get rid of the bad clients when you want to. And that way you're doing because you're not visible. You see a fraction of what you're doing because you're not visible. Same thing goes for like our health or our diets and things like that we put a lot of things on the back burner when it comes to it. So like my health was an important thing for me a couple of years ago. So uh, almost daily I'm working out with a trainer. And I, when we wrap up with this, he'll be downstairs in our gym here on site at our offices complex, wait for me to walk in there to kick my ass for an hour. So we just book it in and, 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 and then everything else fills it around it. If it's a big enough important to you, make it a big wor- uh, a big rock as I say, and mm-hmm. let the other things falling around it. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. I I wanna to touch on something that you said really fast. I mean, the bad clients. We need to know that we have that security and let the bad clients go. And one thing that I, I didn't let a bad client go for way too long. And Scott, I'm going through that right now. I've had to prioritize my health. Another mutual friend, Debbie Adea and I were talking and I said, Debbie, I feel like my stress has an appetite that I don't see. I'm not eating the food and I'm gaining weight. She's like, Kim, it does. It's called cortisol. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like I gained like 50 pounds last year Mm -hmm. off of stress, not even eating, not even drinking it. So now that I've seen, now that I'm waving goodbye, don't let the door hit you on the way out. um, You know, the weight is actually coming off. Yes, I've started exercising. Yes, I'm eating better and I'm not drinking anymore, but the weight is coming off on its own too. We and I didn't have anybody immediately to replace that person. But by freeing up the stress and even just by getting more visible, that hole is being plugged faster than I would have ever imagined and it's amazing. Like I would have done it sooner if I realized how much how fast I would be able to plug that hole
0: hindsight is always 2020 20, but that's the thing if you can when, when you let things go it's amazing how our bodies stress ref, uh, affects us on a, a derogatory basis health-wise but yeah the more you can let that stuff go i mean that's a thing i think about being an entrepreneur is it, we all want to have an ideal life that we design it, it's never perfect but the more you can do that the more you can try to focus on that and then stick up for yourselves and you know um yeah the the, the, the times that i've Screwed up in my business is when I want to get what my gut was telling me, you know, whether I wanted to work with an, inv- an investor, who wanted to work with me or a student turned out to be a problem child or a project that I was working on that I just had to let go. Um, you know, we've got that sixth sense, whether you like it or not. And I think we have to trust it sometimes, even though everything on one side, monetarily speaking finances, it may say, "We well, yes, we need this. When our guest's like, no, we really don't want this. And, and sometimes it's, it's that tug of war back and forth a lot of times. I think we all struggle with it. It's easier said than done to cancel somebody. But it's, if you're aware of it, that's the first step in the 12-step process of being an entrepreneur, right?
1: <laughs> well, I, I've been using the analogy for the last month or so that God had given me nudges for a while. And I ignored them until he hit me by the huge two-by-four and then bang, I didn't have any other choice but to acknowledge what he was telling me to do. And actually, and that's what I call my gut. But yeah, finally, I realized, oh, you got to listen or it's going to be bad. Can I, I want to ask you one. Oh, well, I've got three more questions. But the first one is, what does the ideal life look like to you?
0: Wow, well, my ideal life looks like, uh, I mean, here's, here's a good, one of my life coaches back in the day told me to, to write it down. So if you can sit there and visualize it for a few minutes and then go back and write down what you see, imagine what you want to do on a morning basis. So morning basis is I'm waking up, I'm refreshed. I'm eating fresh fruit. I'm looking at at The ocean, waking up with the ocean, uh, mm-hmm. patting stuff on the ass. <laughs> it's my morning routine. She's going to kill me. She listens to this, but anyway, um, getting up with a dog or the animals going outside, taking the first 30 minutes to kind of just, you know, center myself with a cup of coffee. I can hear the sea breeze. I get up. I'm working on um, either the the, the podcast, the business. I see myself working with the waves in the background. Um, you know, calling it a day, roughly around three or four o'clock. Working out, going, having fun, cooking a, a meal that we enjoy. I enjoy cooking or going out, and having fun, live music, and just doing what I want to do. I think that's the biggest thing. We're uh, we live in Austin, Texas. It's a little kind of nasty out today here behind me, as you can see. But usually, pretty cool stuff. But it's just, I honestly see myself somewhere on the island, somewhere whether it's the Caribbean or the Bahamas or someplace outside. Maybe, maybe Puerto Rico. I don't know, but I think.
1: I was going to say, I don't think the ocean is in Austin. From what I know, we
0: got it. Lake Travis. <laughs> we got Lake Travis. I grew up in Corpus Christi yep. down on the ocean in Gulf of Mexico. But I, see, that's what I see with the way that we can do things online these days and. Um, with our online summits and online stuff like that, it, I, you know, the availability to do that is out here. I've got a lease mm-hmm. in my office here for about another year and a half. And that's really what I want to target is at that time in two years, moving somewhere else and, and being by the water a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. So amazing. Um, that's what, that's what it looks like. You know, am I, am I still in the note industry? I don't know. i will still probably still be doing something real estate wise. It's hard to tell what it, you know. Crystal ball holds in two years. Who knows what's going to happen in the economy? Who knows what's going to happen in the election? You know. Um,
1: right. But the I thing do- is, I mean, you're in Texas, but you have interests in properties in Ohio.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you could, could you be in let's just say Bali, where people can have full time chefs and housekeepers for like a little bit amount of money and still own properties in the states.
0: Yeah, that's what I, that's the that's the thing is that there is. Uh, so many things out there and vendors out there that just make sense. I mean, if you really want to do that, I mean, we've got people coming more alone uh, uh, twice a month. I could, uh, you know, we've got people coming and clean the house on a regular basis. You know, it's a lot more efficient. They do a better job. I'm able to then spend that time. I'll give you an example, like washing clothes, um, especially when you got a couple kids. I know you've always got clothes going, but um, I hate washing clothes. I I don't mind throwing it in, but I hate the folding. Mm-hmm. So what I found is it's cheaper for me to take all my dirty clothes once a week, throw them in the trash bag, run and drop them off, come back the next day, pick them all back up. There's a wash that washes them, folds them, hangs my shirts on a hanger. They put the right laundry detergent on there. And it's basically laundry takes me four minutes versus like four hours. You know what I mean? So it's cheaper. I mean, we you know, I can run in, pick it up, come back. Especially when I was traveling a lot, that's what I would do on a regular basis where I would just dump, take out dirty clothes and put the new ones in and drop off the dirty clothes and hit the road again. But you have to, if you really want to succeed, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to start looking at what you're doing on a daily basis. I mm-hmm. start looking what you can, <clears throat> my buddy Aaron Young says, is what you can either defer, delegate, or delete. Yep. And you want to get those three D's in your entrepreneurship plan to help you find your ideal life.
1: So yesterday I was posting... I, I put a post up on my Facebook another. Yesterday was just a mad, crazy Facebook day. I'm not normally this active, but I post about my 14-year-old who's having ex-girlfriend drama. Part of the reason why I want that drama done is because his, one of his two chores in the house is laundry. He's got laundry duty. And when he's held up in drama with ex-girlfriend, the laundry doesn't get done. Yeah. So my question on Facebook to the listeners was: At what point, if any, do I have the right to reach out the girl and tell her to leave my son alone? It was an interesting debate. It's public. You can go check it out. But yeah, I love what your vision looks like, and I love what you said about delegation. I, for the teenagers right now, they want allowance, they want rides, they get chores. That's it. That's how I delegate. I'll have to find another solution when they both go on to college, but, or wherever they go, I'm not pushing college, but anyway. So question number two is where can listeners find you online, connect and get to know more?
0: <clears throat> Real easy. Just go to our website. WeclosedNotes.com is our main website with our podcast or blog. You can find me in all the social media uh, channels out there, either as uh, at one Scott Carson or just Scott Carson. I know I'm not the famous English soccer uh, goalkeeper that I'm, uh, has Scott Carson out there as well, but weclosednotes.com. Of course you can listen to our podcast the Note close the show on any um, plat, uh, podcasting platform or on all of them. Um, but that's the easiest way to find me is just going to the weclosednotes.com and contact me there.
1: Awesome. And there will be a show. There will be a link in the show notes, which you can find at Doug Kim Sutton.com forward slash PP 643. So in case you're not as good as, at cooking as Scott is if you're more like me and burning every meal and you need to pay attention to it, you can go right over there. Final question, Scott. And I want to just thank you so much. This is amazing. And I thank you. That's, thank you. Yeah. What, what is one final piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to the listeners?
0: Oh man, start now, whatever you're doing, start now, start ugly. Um, our buddy Chris has actually wrote a book called start ugly, which is a great book, but I think that's the biggest thing that holds us back. Whether we want, whether those of us that are working in a normal job or wanting to start a podcast or starting a business, look, we still live in the United States. So it's still the easiest place to start a business, start something. Don't wait around for perfection. Uh, the iPhone just came out. Was it version 11? I mean, it wasn't the perfect iPhone when it came out, version one, even the software. So uh, best bit of advice I've ever gotten from somebody, perfection equals broke. If you're a perfectionist and everything's got to be perfect before you send the damn email, before you record the podcast, before you launch something, you're going to be broke. So deliver it and that get it done. Done, it will always be perfection every time. And that d- done allows you the opportunity to go back. It may not be perfect the first time, but that allows you to go back with version two, version three, software version four, whatever, to go back and add to it to fix it. So start now and and start ugly. Just get it out there. I mean, the first episode I did, the first email I wrote, the first class I taught was not nearly what it is today, but that's the beautiful thing, guys. You have the opportunity to get better at what you do, hone your craft as you grow your business, but you're never going to be an expert uh, by waiting to start as a, a perfectionist. Start now and you'll build into that awesome entrepreneur, awesome business owner because you'll evolve. You'll learn more from your failures and, uh, and know what you need to fix along the way. So get started now and take action. It's 2020. Do it now. Quit waiting around. And uh, trust me, you'll feel a lot better getting that first step done. whether it's recording something, launching something, email something, posting something. Start now and, and just stick to it.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast.